Blog Talk Radio. Today's show is a rebroadcast of one of our previous favorite episodes, and because of this, we regret that we're unable to take your live calls today. Well, Henry, I don't know what that introduction was. <laughs> <laughs> our standard introduction. So, well, you know, one of the things we've learned as a coach is that we just go with it, right? So um, that's right. So those folks who are listening tonight, this is a live show. We've just gone live on the air, and welcome to Being a Leader Live with Brenda Baird. If you're tuning in for the first time, that's not the normal greeting that you should normally hear. Uh, but this is a show about leadership. We explore topics that are important being a great leader, whether you're a first-time manager or a seasoned executive. This show is really going to help you learn and improve the essential skills that all effective leaders really must master. I'm your host, Brenda Baird, and in this episode, we're going to draw on my 30-plus years of business expertise in building teams and leading people to get work done. The show is going to offer creative new ways of thinking about common leadership challenges. Now, along with my business expertise, I'm a professional certified coach credentialed with the International Coaching Federation and also a master practitioner in energy leadership. And I'm wondering, listeners, if you know that you can actually call into the show and ask questions of myself or guests tonight and or just share a comment on our topic. So here's the number. Call 646 9397. Press 1 to get into the queue. And if you would prefer to send your questions or comments, you can do that. Just send them in to Brenda at BrendaBairdCoaching.com. Well, joining me tonight on the show is Reverend Henry Schoenfield. Henry is a certified professional coach specializing in work with individuals and institutions during times of transition and transformation. He draws from his background as an ordained spiritual leader and meditation practitioner. Henry helps to connect his clients to wisdom, commit them to their journey, and to help them live with passion. So Henry and I will discuss how self-awareness can transform us into our best selves and how the freedom of self-awareness comes with the opportunity of choice. Henry, it is a privilege to have you on the air with me tonight, so welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Brenda. Likewise, it's a privilege for me to be here with you. I'm really excited to get into this tonight. Yeah, I think the last time we were together, Henry, we were at the World Happiness Summit in Miami. That's That's, right. Gosh, it's been almost a year and almost a year and a half, right, since we were there. It just seems like yesterday. It does. It does. Um, I, <laughs> I think they just conducted the uh, second happiness summit. Is that was right? Conducted. Yeah, oh, wow. they did. So I wasn't able to um, to attend that one, but boy, wasn't that just an awesome experience? It was an amazing experience. I mean, to bring people from such different backgrounds to uh, to that environment uh, really was uh, was a special special weekend. Yeah. I think not only for us as coaches, but, you know, the, of course, for the people who came there to to be coached and to experience the whole event, the, the speakers were just um, just wonderful. So, so Henry, share with us uh, and the listeners a little bit about your background and what led you to become a coach. Sure. So, you know, the thing is that uh, coaching – found me at a particular time of transition. So it's interesting that I work with others during times of transition, because as you say, my background is in ministry and particularly in healthcare chaplaincy. So through the years I worked in hospice, hospitals uh, as a chaplain and also uh, training chaplains, you know, and chaplaincy really and get down to it is, about accompanying people. It's about listening to their stories. It's about helping them to identify uh, strengths or what's important in their lives and how to act on it, you know, what it means in a particular moment of 
uh, illness or even what it means as a person is preparing to die, you know, so to really kind of activate what's most important to them. So there was a time that uh, I was involved in training chaplains and one of my good friends happened to be a trainer for, uh, for, for IPEC for our coaching school. And so uh, we were talking about some of the, the principles of coaching and, and saying, you know, wow, that sounds so much like the work that I do with uh, clinical education for chaplains and helping them to, uh, to be with uh, other people. And so I decided just to do the first weekend of training because it seemed to really, you know, uh, relate to my work. And I, I just, I fell in love, um, mm. you know, from that first weekend. And that was just the thing that I wanted to do, uh, to yeah. be able to take my background in chaplaincy out of out of the hospital, out of particularly um, religious uh, spheres, and and really to open that up to to people facing all kinds of transitions. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of us, when we think about our training with IPEC, and and for those who don't know what IPEC stands for, it is the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching. Um, it was founded by. Uh, Dr. Bruce Snyder, and his philosophy is around energy leadership and how we manage our personal energy, which gives us freedom to respond and react in um, the way that we want to show up in life, whether it's a normal condition or certainly a stressful condition like the the times that you see folks, we're seeing folks in the healthcare industry. And the interesting thing about that mod, mod one, that, that first um, weekend of training is that it literally just raises your consciousness and elevates your true calling to help people. Um, the mm-hmm. IPEC mission, as you know, is to elevate the consciousness one person at a time. And it, that mod one, I tell you, it's life changing. <laughs> and what I think is so cool about that is like you said, you just went to mod one just to experience it. You get to go, you get to actually go to mod one and be someone's guest. I'm not sure if that's how you um, act, yeah, went to the exactly weekend, but yeah, so many of the people in my class were that way. They they were there as a guest, which means it didn't cost anything. And then they were just uh, so elevated that they went on to, to continue. So it sounds like that's what your experience was. And then there's no looking back once you, you're kind of woke <laughs> up, right? That's right. <laughs> and you're in. That's right. <laughs> Well, that's kind of what we're talking about tonight is waking up. Tonight's show is about self-awareness and how that can transform us. And it's a great topic and one that I think everyone can relate to. Now, it may be helpful, just like explaining IPEC, it may be helpful to start off by explaining what exactly is self-awareness. We hear that term sort of thrown around uh, a lot these days, and uh, certainly we hear about it in the workplace and uh, places of uh, where we're we're doing growth and development work, but sometimes when we don't have self awareness, we really uh, have an uh, unbalanced life, is how I would describe it. So, Henry, why don't you, if you don't mind, would you tell the listeners what you see uh, self awareness to mean for individuals? Sure. So, you know, as I'm thinking about this. Uh, I don't know that a definition per se came up, but some characteristics of uh, self-awareness that I think really point us in the right direction. That mm-hmm. self-awareness is this kind of realistic, and it's a compassionate, honoring regard for who we are. You know, mm-hmm. and and all of those pieces that 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 the realistic meaning that it's not it's not too puffed up and it's not too small. It's compassionate in that uh, self-awareness accepts where we are and makes space. And not only just makes space, but actually honors that, you know, as something for us to discover over time. So mm-hmm. within that, I mean, self-awareness is about strengths and growing edges. And all of those sort of the particularities that we can discover over time but at that basic level, 
self-awareness is this regard for yeah. ourselves, this curiosity, that knowing that only wants to know more. Yeah. Curiosity. I think that's uh, an important word to sort of underline. I was taking notes about what you, what you were saying there. I may have to tweet that out later. That was very, very beautiful. <laughs> um, but curious is certainly one of the key uh, characteristics of someone who is eager to become self-aware is that curiosity to understand who am I, how do people experience me? And um, mm-hmm. I, I know in my corporate experience, I've witnessed that self-awareness and having that ability to be self-aware was strongly related to individuals' success in life and in their their work or their career. And that those individuals who had this sort of keen self-awareness, they knew what their strengths were. They knew what their weaknesses were. They knew where their opportunities lied. And they also knew what their limits were. And mm-hmm. so they didn't deny any of that. And I think that's exactly what you were saying tonight is that it's, it's, it's accepting of who we are and honoring who we are, but then having regard for ourselves and curiosity to see if perhaps there's a way for us to, to do better. And um, I've also found that, that these folks in the corporate world anyway, anyway, had great self-awareness also were seekers of feedback. So that curiosity Mm. that you talked about, they seek the feedback without getting defensive. People could say, well, how do you think I did on that presentation? And someone could say, well, you know, you have this um, time where you're constantly raising your hand or something. And instead of being defensive and saying, well, that's how I demonstrate that this is really important. The person would just take it in and thank them and and think about it Mm -hmm. and process it. That doesn't mean they changed it, but they they took it in without being defensive. Um, And they just remained open and willing to talk about their shortcomings and and learn from their mistakes. And um, one key misunderstanding, I think, some people looking to to transform their lives uh, or career is how to get really clear on how others actually see them or experience their behaviors. Um, I know that was true for a lot of folks in the corporate world. <laughs> they just really mm. um, didn't know where to begin. You know, by the time they landed in my office, they were saying things like, I don't know where to start. So <laughs> I'm not sure if mm-hmm. you agree with that, but how do you think someone might just go about getting really clear um, about how someone might experience them? Yeah. You know, so it's funny because, you remind me uh, of something that one of my meditation meditation teachers uh, once said about uh, about advice, and it was simply don't ask for it. Um, you know, because the thing is, <laughs> when it comes to self awareness, feedback can be really helpful, and it is really helpful to kind of uh, fine tune and, and allow people to you know reflect back. And we also need to be able to see things clearly for ourselves, you know, because, I mean, that's the the objectivity of self-awareness that allows us to be non-defensive, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, we, you know, let's talk a bit about how individuals can gain the insights that they need. Oh, that brings us to the whole thing about how, um, people can gain the insights that they need to begin the process of transformation, right? Right, um, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so before we start with that, let me just remind the listeners about the call-in number for the show. Um, we love our callers, and we really would love to hear from you, your thoughts even on this topic, or even examples of times when uh, you've experienced someone with great self-awareness, or maybe you yourself have questions about how you would like to gain insights on that, just give us a call. You've got two coaches here right on the line who would love to talk with you. The number is 646-716-9397, and press 1 to get in the queue, or send your questions to Brenda at brendabairdcoaching.com. So, Henry, what ways can an individual begin to seek sort of that transformational journey um, that you guide them on? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it, it may sound a little funny, but the first exercise that I usually invite people to consider is to keep a judgment journal. Um, you know, because the thing is that we are judging all of the time. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we take it as for granted that that's the way that's the way that we ought to be, you know, saying that everything is right or wrong or uh, whatever. But the thing about judgment is that judgment both clouds what is possible and what we can accept. Hmm. You know, because if transformation relies on self-awareness, then we have to be able to accept what's there. Yeah, right. So to become aware. You were saying. Yeah, so I was just going to repeat what you said, to become aware, and I'll let you go ahead and, and finish it. Yeah, you know, just to become uh, uh, aware of what our judgments are. Yeah. Um, you know, because they're just they're going to get in the way. So that's yeah. the first uh, step that I often uh, kind of invite people to to consider as they begin this journey of, pro- uh, of transformation. And the other thing that is also really critical is to surround themselves, people who are also on this similar journey, Um, you know, because it's those people who are going to be able to give meaningful feedback. Um, Brene Brown talks about, you know, if if there's, if people aren't in the arena, if they don't have blood and mud and all this stuff on their faces, then she's not interested in their feedback. I I think it's because, you know, we have to surround ourselves with like-minded people, people who can support us, and we can actually trust what they have to offer to us. Mm-hmm. I I think you've really hit on an important uh, an important point because I know when I was doing um, training and development work in the corporate world, and I would do workshops, um, and sometimes I would do Myers Briggs workshops where people would learn their personality types one of the things that people would often tell me is that their inner critic would pop up during these moments where they were starting down self-discovery, primarily because they were unsure if their coworkers were as interested in it as they were. And so mm. they would hear things like, people are going to think I'm, I'm stupid or, or my, my result is going to make people laugh at me. And all of these really strong inner critic things would pop up. And so I think you've hit on a great point that when you're getting ready to walk down a path of transformation, uh, whatever that path is for, is that being around like-minded people can really help keep you true to yourself and sort of keep those inner critic messages from, you know, taking over and um, making you feel insecure about what it is you're trying to do. Right, right, and it's also the energy. You know, we were talking before about the uh, the the energy components uh, from our training. You know that that right. being around like-minded folks is being surrounding yourself with similar energy. You know, with that similar sort of curious energy or the similar mm-hmm. compassionate or objectivity. But to be around people who are also on this path, so that that you're shaping the energy that's around you as well as the energy that's inside. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it can also be very important um, for our listeners to know that oftentimes what you're good at, the skills that you have that you're good at, it's equally important to understand that you're not overdoing or overusing your strengths. And, Mm. And what I mean by that particularly is, um, and the example that I often give to folks that I'm coaching is that someone who calls themselves highly organized or um, everything is always in order where I am and, you know, I'm neat and uh, some people would say I'm a clean freak or, you know, on and on about how well organized they are in their lives, that that can easily and quickly 
get over leveraged if we're trying to compensate for something else that we're feeling deficient about and overcompensating in the area of organizing can be someone who doesn't listen to other people's ideas or someone who is uh, difficult to get along with or stubborn um, and can't learn from their mistakes. And so Mm -hmm. um, impatient that also can become very impatient. And so this, ability to sort of take off all those filters and get past all the things that we think are working for us um, is a really important process, early process, I think, in the self-awareness process. In fact, the, the things we know about ourselves in terms of weaknesses, sometimes people are so afraid to actually speak out and say, you know, what their weaknesses are, that it's it's a sign of weakness to have a weakness, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right. Expressing that, knowing that, knowing how to work around a weakness is far less uh, damaging in a career than having what I call a a blind spot where, um, you know, you're overusing or overdoing something that you think is a strength. And it actually Mm. becomes a, a weakness in itself or a blind spot. And it's just something that if you're, Trying to, you know, advance yourself in the workplace, uh, having a blind spot is about one of the worst things that that you can have. And I think it's an important goal as we're walking through this self-discovery in the workplace is to really look clearly at those things, Um, the judgment, uh, the self-judgment, and to be around like-minded people where you can get really good feedback about what's what's actually happening. Yeah, you know, Verna, as you're talking, what's coming up for me is thinking about um, staying staying flexible uh, mm-hmm. and, and open as opposed to uh, being rigid, you know, because if we're just kind of leaning into one strength, well, as you say, it, it may be a perfectly good strength, but then we lean into it, lean into it, and we start to develop one perspective, you know, and yeah. so... As if if we become so focused on one thing, then we're not going to be able to see other things. And what we know about self awareness is that it's many faceted. You know, we have yeah. a lot of strengths and a lot of growing areas, but a lot of right. strengths that 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 we have to take them all into account. That's right. That's right. And the other thing that I think is important that I learned in in the coaching is that, you know, you're just never really done, (laughs) you know, the journey of self-awareness. And I I hate often to hate to say that because I don't want people to become discouraged that it never it's never going to end. But as you become more self-aware and as you do raise your consciousness, there's just a continual um, expansiveness that can occur within your heart and within your spirit, where you just continue to grow all the time and learn new things about yourself and accept new things about yourself. And um, it's a beautiful journey. It really is. Um, That's the part of it that that I really, I think I'm drawn to the most, you know, because it is inexhaustible. I mean, it it reminds me of a a 10-year-old version of myself that, that was just in love with Star Trek and Star Wars and every science fiction thing of, of exploring the universe, of seeing kind of what's out there, because that all that what's out there is right here. You know, we're the biggest, yeah. greatest mystery to ourselves, and we have this lifetime to unpack the beauty of this mystery. Yeah. And what a gift. Yeah. It is a gift. Yeah. So how do you then, when you're working with your clients, um, how do you go about having them sort of examine their past um, and sort of see how that's paralleling their current situation? Um, and what questions might you ask a client who's trying to move forward from some sort of limiting situation where they're stuck? Yeah, that's that's really a great question. You know, because the thing is that left our own devices, we're going to do the same things over and over, mm-hmm. you know, consciously yeah. or more likely unconsciously. And that's actually really good news that we're going to do the same things over and over because then we have the opportunity to begin to see 
the patterns, see the mm-hmm. parallels that, like, you're asking. You know, and so some of the questions I might ask is, like, when was when was the previous time that you experienced something that was similar? Yeah. You know, or when we come, become aware of a, of a limiting situation to be curious, inquire, well, what does actually, what is living with this limitation? What does it offer me? What kind of good is it trying to offer for me? Mm. Um, and then what does it cost me? Mm. You know, because every pattern, every behavior has a payoff and every behavior has a cost. Um, yeah. So to really kind of see what the good of the pattern is, that's probably twisted. You know, the, the, the good mm. isn't necessarily good. Um, yeah. But there's some desire in that that's good. Um, but the yeah. key here is is to stay, as we, we mentioned the word curiosity before, to stay in that open place of curiosity, you know. Um, yeah. Because once we slip into judgment, then resistance is going to come up and all kinds of defensiveness is likely to come up. And when we're in that kind of place, it's harder to really be open and learn. Yeah, that's right. Something that resonated with me that you just said is that there's a there's a cost to um, how we respond to situations, but then there's also a payoff too. And we sort of teed that up as maybe that's the positive in the situation, but I don't know about you, but I've also had clients who it, it, it isn't a good situation. Um, there's a lot of angst around things that happen to them, and yet they repeat the same things over and over again. And sometimes mm-hmm. in their examination of that, they'll find that even though this was not necessarily a positive situation, they were actually getting a payoff for that. Meaning even though the situation was bad, maybe the payoff is I'm still getting attention from my husband. <clears throat> so although we're fighting yeah. about money, he's still talking to me. And so mm-hmm. otherwise he doesn't, you know, and so it's, that's the self-awareness that, you know, can get fairly intense and deep, but really brings about great awakening. And, and you can really look at the past. Cause I think all Absolutely. of us have, found, yeah, I think all of us have found ourselves in bad situations from time to time, you know, times where things just don't go right. And, the key I feel is trying to at least take away some lesson or insight from, from that experience to say, what is it that I'm to learn in this mm-hmm. particular moment? Yeah. Right. So, so right. Henry, share with us, if you would, some ways that you think the listeners could actually um, neutralize or at least begin to minimize those behaviors or change them. Well, so I think, some of the keys there are really um, awareness, you know, to, to, to cultivate the awareness around the behaviors uh, and the desire and the, the quality of the desire that, that we have, you know, because, you know, we start where we are, right? Uh, yeah. So, for example, it's just a ridiculous example. Let's say that you're wasting um, a lot of time on Facebook. Oh, wait a second. Did you catch that, that little judgment? <laughs> if yeah. you're spending a lot of time on Facebook. <laughs> write that so in your journal. To... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. if you're spending a lot of time on Facebook and it's really costing you your productivity, um, notice it. You know, yeah. and, and, and Try, you know, getting back to objectivity. It's like, oh, check it out. I'm spending a lot of time here. I'm not spending a lot of time there. Just yeah. see it. Notice yeah. it. And ask yourself what you might be avoiding. Yes. You know, what's what's this behavior? What's it getting in the way of? You know, and, and you know, if some feelings start to come up, Notice those too. Uh, they can actually be a really great source of information. Like guilt might be coming up, shame might be coming up, fear might be coming up, embarrassment, all kinds of stuff. And they don't necessarily 
have to make sense to the present circumstance, right? But just to allow what's there to be there. Um, Because when we can see our behaviors clearly, change is actually easy. Yeah. So only when we see them and see what they cost clearly. Um, So, and this is also really where um, the why of our desire uh, for, uh, for for change comes in, you know, because I find that when we do something that is rooted in generosity or concern or compassion for ourselves or for other people, that it's going to take uh, take root so much more easily. Uh, yeah. And and even if the task is hard, uh, the example that's just uh, that comes up around this for me was when. I quit smoking. You know, it's been, I don't know, 15 years or so. Uh, mm-hmm. But before I quit, I probably tried to to quit five times. You know, and and all of those times, I was just haranguing myself about how what a disgusting habit it was. Uh, I don't want my clothes to smell like this, or you know, all of the negative things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really, really hard. And then the day came that I could see, like, oh, this is what this is costing me. And I really, I want to have healthy regard uh, regard for my health. Uh, right. I, I want to be strong. And I tell you, easiest thing to change when I saw it One, clearly. Yes. When and you when saw I could root it in love. Intention. Yeah. Your intention was love of self. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. So 15 years, that's a, that's a big accomplishment because that's a very hard thing to overcome. Um, yeah. Congratulations for that. I was, I was thinking as you were talking about that, I have so many examples that just ran through my mind about, you know, when we do things from a place of love um, and our intention is pure. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. I will, will say that then the outcome becomes more pure. It doesn't always mean that it's always going to work out the way you think, but you tend to not have those negative, such negative consequences. Um, and I'm living through an experience right now with an organization that I'm a part of where um, this whole new social media uh, and the way in which we can talk to and about people in social media as if, it's never going to really cling to anybody. So, you know, you can just mm-hmm. say and do and be anything you want. And I, I have this in this organization so much so that the organization now has four active Facebook pages to, to talk about each other. And, you know, and the message I keep trying to convey to some of the leaders is, you know, if, if think about your motivation behind what it is that you're getting, to communicate on that page and if it is anything other than pure then you probably better not write it Mm -hmm. if you're writing things to you know hurt someone or show up someone or make people think that they're as smart as what they are you know (laughs) those aren't pure pure intentions and pure intention is I want to do the best for this organization I want to clarify a misunderstanding so that we can move on to be better than we were before. That's a whole different intention. And when you come from it that way, you know, the words are different. Yeah. You know, yeah. the intentions can be kind of like seeds that we toss out in front of us, you know, yeah. and, and the, the intention of our action is going to grow in what the action becomes. Yeah. That's why I just loved your question. The why question is, well, why am I doing this? And if you can yeah. be really honest with yourself, you know, why are you doing that? And, you know, what, what is really important to you in this particular situation? And for you, you said, well, my health is what's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, to make space, because sometimes that inquiry is going to bring up stuff that you would rather not see. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, that, that I'm protecting myself from, uh, from other people because, uh, you know, I can never quite have the relationship that I wanted. 
it's it's irrational and it's ugly and it's painful and it's there. Yeah. You know, I mean, we all have some version of that, that, yeah. uh, you know, at least, you know, now or sometime in the past has kept us from accomplishing and being the people that we want to be. And that's okay. Yeah. It's yeah. just there. Yeah. Well, we have a question in the inbox uh, tonight. It's from Jenny in South Florida. And Jenny writes, there are things I want to accomplish in life, and I'm baffled by why I keep putting them off. For example, there's an art project I want to try, and I want a new job. I tried before, and when it doesn't turn out well, I get paralyzed, and now I don't even try. What's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Any, any thoughts there, Henry, on helping Jenny? My first thought is... Um, you're beautiful, Jenny, just the way you are. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, your yeah. soul and, your, and, you know, and, and, and this is um, part of what we call in our training the who. So I'll let you take over from here and, and help, help Jenny a little bit. But my first thought was um, there's nothing wrong with you, Jenny. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and, and I, my, my, first, uh, my first thought is is along similar lines you know that that i just want to acknowledge what i hear as real pain and frustration you know with with mm-hmm. what's been going on for uh, for for jenny you know and probably also a whole lot of judgment uh, yeah. about what she ought to be doing uh, uh judging herself for not doing it uh, mm-hmm. you know when it would make it makes complete sense that given this pattern that Jenny would get paralyzed and give up. Of yeah. course. Sure. It makes total sense, right? That's um, right. So, you know, the question that, that comes up for me, though, is, so Jenny, who would you be if you went after the things that you wanted? Mm-hmm. Or even more, who would you be if you went after and accomplished the things that are important to you? Who would, who would that person be? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about you know, what feelings come up when you think about you being that person? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because the thing is that that, that procrastination avoidance, and these are the, the, the forms of resistance, right? You mm-hmm. know, that innate desire that we all have to stay safe or to stay in some place that's familiar. Um, yeah. You know, so, so, you know, you might try exploring what, uh, what that voice is wanting to uh, protect you from um, that, that keeps you sort of in the paralyzed place. Yeah. The question that that also what? came up for me is I wonder if she might attempt if she just knew she couldn't fail. Like if she just took that totally out mm. of the equation, what would she want to attempt? Yeah. 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 These are always the moments I wish Jenny would call in <laughs> because we could <laughs> walk her through this a little deeper. And uh, so hopefully Jenny's listening and, and you'll, uh, you got some great, uh, great coaching there from Henry. So this seems like a, a place for us. We're, we're about 40 minutes into the hour show. It's a good place for us to, to talk a little bit of, more about uh, self-awareness and how that actually does give us freedom of choice. So the concept tonight was, you know, what is self-awareness? We've gone, gone through that a little bit. What does it look like when we're out of balance? How can it transform our lives? And so this now is that exploration of that transformation and uh, what that actually looks like when we have freedom of choice through self-awareness. So what are your thoughts about that, Henry? Well, you know, I mean, as we've been talking about self-awareness, one of the things that that keeps coming up is really what our tendencies are. You know, what our tendencies are in any given moment, what are the patterns that we have 
um, developed through uh, through our lives. And so, when as we become more and more familiar with those tendencies, what it can really allow us is space, you know, to approach any given situation um, anew, you know, and see, well, you know, in most situations I would do X and actually in this situation, I'm going to do Y. Um, You know, one of the things where this comes up for me is uh, to think about um, socializing. I, you know, I am great talking to crowds and great one-on-one or even working with groups. But when it comes to uh, just cocktail parties, small talk, socializing, it's so hard for me, you know? And so I can find myself in a situation where I just want to uh, just run away as soon as I can and get back to my room or whatever, wherever I am. You know, but that doesn't really give me a lot of freedom. As long as I'm still doing the thing that I always do, I'm just, I'm trapped in what I've always done. Yeah. But the thing is, when I know that my tendency is going to be head for the door as soon as possible, I can be gentle with that. You know, I can hold and I say, yep, that's my tendency. And I'm going to set it aside because this situation is new. And even though I'm in this new situation with all of my old stuff, my old stuff doesn't have to rule in this particular time. And so I'm free to do something new. Yeah. Yeah. I often have so many clients say, well, I have to do X, Y, Z, or I need to do that, or I have no other option. I have no choice. You know, they feel really trapped. You can just, you know, hear it, hear it in them. And this can apply from, to anything from reactions to family members or trying to find a solution in the workplace. Um, the most common context that I hear this phrase used is when people are actually doing something they dislike. So like you, attending a cocktail party is not something that you actually enjoy. Um, but from time to time, you, you know, you, you still have to do that. So, um, you've learned ways to say the things that make me not enjoy this cocktail party, or maybe my past experiences that have made me not enjoy this cocktail party are not so much true in this situation. So I, it's with me, it's who I am, it's what I've experienced, but I know that it doesn't have to be true at this cocktail party. And do you find that that somehow um, eases your anxiety of being there or, or, or what does that do for you to be able to, to really just honor yourself and acknowledge it? Well, I mean, the, the first thing is that, that it helps me to do is just to be gentle with myself in, in any given situation, you know, and that's the, that is going to be so critical because it's, it's out of that kind of gentleness and acceptance of where I am that I can try something new. You know, and that's that's the, the, the I guess the second part of that is that uh, it, what it helps me to do is to say, you know, yeah, there have been a lot of cocktail parties that I have uh, that I've not necessarily enjoyed in the past. And they're not this one. You know, yeah. this is a new situation um, yeah. that, that that I'm in. And I don't have to be, you know, we were talking about our who earlier. I don't have to be that old who in this situation. I can yeah. choose to do something completely different. Uh, yeah. 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 So while people may think they have no choice, which is what we hear often, and even ourselves have felt that, we know that we always have choices. And it's exercising that, that we get the freedom and we have that available to us every day, every minute, every sec- second. You always have a choice. There is always a choice. And so sometimes people, I've heard people say, well, I just didn't do anything. Well, that's a choice, mm. right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So how do you then respond to any of your clients that say that they they don't think they have any choice or influence over, say, a bad situation that they're in, and they feel like they don't really have any choice over that. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I come at it from a similar perspective that that we always have we always have choice, you know. And so when somebody says to me, "Well, I don't have a choice here," I would often ask, "Well, what choices do you have?" Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because because we can get stuck in that that mindset of "I don't have," uh, you know, a choice here, to the point that we don't see the choices that are all around us. You yeah. Know? Or another question that I think uh, often helps folks is to ask, well, if you did have influence, what's one small choice that you could make right now? Mm-hmm. You know, let's just pretend. Because, yeah. of course, we do have influence, just like we mm-hmm. have choice. That's right. Yeah. It, it reminds me of a quote that I've heard from Randy Pash. He's the author of The Last Lecture. He says, you can't change the cards you're dealt, but you can change how you play them. <laughs> and that's really what what you're speaking to is, this, you know, our situation can't necessarily be changed, but we can influence others around us, and we certainly have choice mm-hmm. over how we're going to experience what's going to happen. And um, that I think is a tough lesson to learn. I, I know it was tough, tough for me. Um, you know, I had a, a similar situation to the cocktail party scenario for you with something that I just, I just couldn't see past going to this place because these certain people would always be there. And it was, you know, I just have no choice when I'm there and it's just, I'm a victim when I'm there. <laughs> And so my mm-hmm. coach did very similar to what you did was, okay, well, let's think about what your choices are. Your choices are, um, you could, you don't have to go. And of course I had an excuse to have to go because, you know, of this reason. And well, that's a choice. And, and with every one of these options that came up, it was, you know, just life changing for me to hear that with every one of the options for what I could do and the one I pick, even, I pick doing nothing is a choice. And so I I should try then, and this is where that freedom comes in, is then why don't we pick the choice that's going to allow you to go to this place and experience it differently by you not reacting to what's happening around you, but instead responding in a way that's safe and good for you. And mm-hmm. it's life-changing, Henry. I'm telling you, it's just life-changing. Absolutely. <laughs> because, I mean, the truth is that, that, that a lot of times in life we don't have choice over circumstances. You know, yeah. we don't have a choice that, that we lost a job. Yeah. We don't have a choice that, that a partner, you know, left or, or died. We don't have a choice about you know, getting into an accident. We don't have a choice about a lot of things, but we do, what we do have choice about always is how we, how we're thinking, how we're speaking and how we're acting. You know, we always have choice about our thoughts, speech and action. Um, Mm -hmm. So to focus on the choice that we do have. Yeah, I think you're right. So I know that you've, uh, coached a lot of folks and, and uh, just even in your, your time as being a, a chaplain at the, at the hospitals, how have you seen people's lives change after they did the inner work to sort of clear out the blocks and, um, and gain the self-awareness and the freedom of choice? Yeah. You know, it's, it's really been the absolute privilege of, uh, of this work, you know, because, where I've seen people just simply come alive, you know, a person who was in there all along and could suddenly uh, be expressing themselves, uh, you know, they they felt free to, uh, to 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 change careers. They felt free to express who they are to their families or uh, um, to to their loved ones. Um, they they become creative and, and really express themselves through their work in a completely new way. Um, Mm. You know, so when, when the blocks are removed and you get to see a little glimpse of, of the unlimited possibility that's in all of us, 
and so it's just such a privilege to uh, to work with people, to walk with people in those uh, in that journey and see really miracles, just miracles. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you um, so much. You know, life is a journey of many of many steps and each day of our personal journey really gives each of us the opportunity that can transform us into our next best self. And there really is a freedom that comes with self-awareness because with it, we have this opportunity of choice. So um, I hope today's show was inspiring for the listeners. I hope that it inspires you to reflect a little bit and take some action in your own life and in your own career to be the best that you can be. You really do deserve to live out the rest of your life with the freedom of choice and the freedom that comes with self-awareness. So Henry, you talked a little bit about your coaching practice and sort of what you specialize in. So for the listeners that want to know more about your coaching practice, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. So the uh, easiest way to find me is my website, Henry Schoenfield Coaching.com. So that's H E N R Y S C H O E N F I E L D Coaching.com. I'm also uh, Henry Schoenfield Coaching on Facebook, and you can find me uh, on LinkedIn as well. Fantastic. Henry, thank you so much for being on the show. I hope you'll come back as a regular contributor. I thought we had just a terrific dialogue tonight. So, um, I hope you'll come back. Absolutely. I would love to be back. I mean, this is, uh, it's, it's great when, uh, when our first venture is, uh, is this alive, it only tells me that there's, uh, that there's more to explore. Yes, I think so. Well, listeners, join us on the next episode of Being a Leader that's scheduled for September 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, right here on the Life Coach Radio Network. And we'll explore more topics next week to help you be the best leader that you can be. So I think that's a wrap, Tommy. So until next time, everybody have fun and be safe. Thanks again, Henry, and I'll talk to you soon. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.